What's good? Welcome back to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford, and uh, you'll hear Danny Green after our break, but I'm going to ride solo here for a little bit because I'm recording this Tuesday night right after the Cavaliers got their series-tying win over the New York Knicks in Cleveland in game number two. Big difference? Cavaliers actually rebounded the ball and got a standout performance here from Karis LeVert. LeVert finishes at 24 points, 4 of 9 from 3, 9 of 16 from the field, and every Nick member of their, of their big three shoots under 50%. Julius Randle, 8 of 20. Jalen Brunson, 5 of 17. R.J. Barrett, 4 of 13. So... Uh, Knicks didn't get what they would like from their star players, and the Cavaliers definitely did, especially Darius Garland, who had 32 points. This series, in my opinion, is going to go down to seven games. These two teams are tightly contested, and considering where the Cavaliers were after game number one, you can't handicap desperation enough. When a team is more desperate... These type of things happen. I'm going to be very curious to see when the desperation levels for both teams are even keel. See what happens from there. Uh, One thing I will note, and obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already aware of that. My guy, DG, got 20 minutes today. Four rebounds, two steals, and three points. But I think, well, I I know rather yet, as, as much as I've watched... Uh, Danny played basketball, and I know the impact that he has on the court. Those three points might seem minuscule, but again, if you go back and watch the film, it's all about the spacing that he creates. The threat of his jump shot helps other people play better. It's been happening for, what, 15, 14, 15 years now? So I'm going to be very curious to see what J.B. Bickerstaff and the staff do now that they have inserted Danny in in a game where they ended up winning. Uh, Isaac Okoro, only three minutes of game time. Picked up two fouls early and never played really much since then. Danny's not here, but I would say that is a cause for concern. Isaac Okoro started all year long, was a very valuable player to the Cavaliers roster. And regardless of the two fouls in the first half, you would have thought that, okay, come second half, he will at least get to turn back up and give it a try again, but he never got a chance again. That was it. And uh, that's not good. That's just, you know, I'm curious to see where Isaac's confidence is, you know, seeing that um, and seeing how the Cavaliers are going to be able to to handle the situation going forward. Because now, I mean, Isaac should expect to play. He started all year long. At the same time, Osmond is given great minutes. Karis LeVert just came off a great game. And again, Danny, while he only had three points, I think if you watch the game, you realize that the threat of him standing in that corner opened up a lot of offense for the Cavaliers, made the shot attempts cleaner. Paint not as clogged. It's going to be an interesting battle uh, between the coaches in terms of game plan and seeing how they maneuver from here. And I'm very curious to see what Isaac Okoro's presence is going to be for the Cavaliers going forward it's a it's a tilting situation it reminds me of last year uh when Danny was playing with the Sixers and he didn't have a good year for the most part but when the playoffs came and Matisse Thibel got uh contracted COVID 
Danny all of a sudden thrust into the starting lineup, played well, and Matisse basically became a, a bit player, if a type, any type of player at all, because of COVID, and he wasn't able to go to Canada, and Danny played very well last year in the playoffs, shooting over 40% from the three-point line, so... I don't know. It's good. I, I, I find myself very intrigued to see what happens from here. It's going to be a great series. you got a lot of star players. Best believe Donovan Mitchell is going to have to definitely play a larger role, I assume, when they go to Madison Square Garden. The usual thing when it comes to role players in the playoffs or it comes to uh, game planning or predicting how playoffs will go, the stars play better on the road. The role players do not. And so... The 24 points from Karis Levert's not surprising at home. Can he travel with that game to Madison Square Garden? Uh, those are going to be key because the Knicks already stole home court advantage. So I'm excited, man. I, I, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you are. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, either you're a basketball fan, a Cavalier fan. Um, so I've already stated, if you've listened to this podcast before, I've already stated my allegiances and Danny knows it too. <laughs> I would love for him to play well, but I can't lie to you guys. I, I was born and raised a New Yorker, so I would love the Knicks to win. It's a very conflicting thing for me. Watching the game Tuesday night was a very it was a very unique ex- experience for me. Watching Danny in the court, hope he plays well, but still kind of thinking to myself, okay, I kind of still want the Knicks to kind of play well. It's it's I'm. I'm I'm all over the place with this series. I, I, I'm hoping I can get to a place where I can just sit back and enjoy. And I hope that's what you're doing as well. So Cavaliers get the dub 107-90 over the New York Knicks. Game number three is Friday. So best believe we will be updating you guys on that after. And another bit of news that came out on Tuesday as well. Draymond Green, who if you've been listening to this podcast over the past couple of years, you've known you probably know that my theory around Draymond Green is that he doesn't play basketball enough. It's about 80%, 70% of the time when he's on the court, he's not playing a sport that is basketball. He's playing football, whatever, whatever. But in this instance, I'm disappointed the NBA has suspended Draymond Green. It's clear from the video, DeMontis Sabonis grabbed him. What is a, how can you, if you try to replicate what happened to Draymond Green, how many times would you do what he did? All right, maybe you don't come down with the same amount of force. But more than likely, if somebody is tripping you up when you're ready to go full force, you're going to lose your footing. You're going to lose your balance. And you're not going to give a damn who's under you when you try to regain your balance, especially if your ankles get grabbed. So I think the NBA took it a little bit too far here. I think they're going to look to regret that decision. And if Sabonis ends up playing game number three at Chase Center and Draymond Green is not there, we're inching towards the situation where the Golden State Warriors might get gentlemen swept. The reigning defending champions, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, well, no Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. Gentlemen sweep is officially on the table now with no Draymond Green for game three. It's a bad move by him, by Draymond. I, I still would say that, but I did think the NBA overstepped their bounds. And I think Damian Lillard commented on the, the decision on Twitter Tuesday night, basically shaking his head. And I'm shaking my head too. NBA has gone too far with this one. 
Again, if you watch the video, DeMontis Sabonis grabbed his ankle as he's ready to lift off on a fast break. It should have been a take foul. But I don't make the rules. Uh, with that being said, uh, thank, thank you again for tapping into Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. Again, I'm Harrison Sanford. After the break, part number two of our interviews with Donovan Mitchell and Desmond Bain. Hope you enjoy. Hope you subscribe, rate, and review, and give us a five-star, please. We'll see you guys next week. We'll probably tap in after game number four. So stay tuned. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. I mean, how could you not? See you guys next time. But we'll get an opportunity to play with him. Him and Jared mm -hmm. on the floor. And I'm a defensive guy, so I'm able to guard guys on the perimeter and not have to worry about them getting layups. I got two rim protectors behind me, so I can, mm -hmm. I can get up into guys, take away three, take away pull-up, and be like, all right, good luck finishing at the rim over these guys because you know, they're, they're blocking everything. And on offense, you're going to have so many lanes because somebody step up, you could easily drop off to them or throw a lob. It, it makes the game so much easier. Um, but he has he has great touch. He has great touch around the rim. He's getting a little pull-up, a little fadeaway. And once he polishes that, that mid-range, and then extends that to three-point line, I think it's going to be very scary for a lot of people in the league. Speaking of All-Stars and Evan potentially being an All-Star, how was it for you going back to Utah for All-Star this past year? Oh, it was cool. Um, you know, I think for, for me, like, you spend, you know, your career there, they watch you grow up, and then you come back not only as an All-Star, but All-Star starter, first time in my career. Like, you know, it was – it's one of those moments where you just felt like you were just there. Like, you know, it didn't feel weird, didn't feel different. Like, you you know where everything's at, you know what I'm saying? You know the No nostalgia? Crowd. Yeah, like, you just was just like, man, like, you know, one of those moments you just talk to God, like, you know, appreciate it. Like, thank God, you know, for the moments, you know, you sit there and reflect on where your career has gotten to this point, you know what I mean, and where it can continue to continue to go. But being back in Utah, the love, you know, the the, the fan love, the, you know, seeing guys being in that arena, you know, I think it was – it was something special. My family came out, you know, um, you know, to be a part of it and just to be able to relive those the old the old days, as you want to call it, um, for a weekend. I'm going to be able to experience that. You know, I think it was pretty dope. For sure. Not everybody gets uh, love when they get back to us. When they're traded or they yeah. leave or people think that you don't get cheers a lot of times. A lot of guys do get booed when they go back home. So 100%. Uh, it's, always, it's always a good feeling to get that love and people show you love when you come back to the city and a place that you can call home. So that's pretty dope. Uh, but switching lanes, uh, we talked about it earlier. You touched on it earlier. I wanted to ask, how did you become a big baseball family and a fan? Um, how did yeah, that come my, about? My dad played for the Astros um, when I was a kid. Um, and when I was born, you know, he got he was a free agent. He got let go uh, from the Astros. And then literally a day later, he gets a call um, from, the, from somebody on the Mets saying you want to be a coach. Um, and that's how I spent the first – I don't know, 15, 16 years of my life, um, maybe a little bit less, um, of just nonstop baseball. So we're in high school, you know, I'm in middle school, high school, and I'm spring break, you know, everybody's going on vacation. I'm going to spring training. You know, I'm in there working out with David Wright, Jose Reyes, Pedro Martinez, Alvin Perez. <laughs> uh, um, guess where I'm getting my work, and then I'm going back to play uh, um middle school baseball <laughs> so it's like it's an unfair advantage i'm sitting there in bullpen sessions during the summer guys are throwing 95 and i'm just sitting here watching getting the feel getting the flow of the game getting the feel of how to be a pro uh, preparing for baseball 
Um, and then, you know, that was that was really where it stemmed from. And this I had all thought that I was going to to play baseball. The basketball wasn't even in the uh, wasn't even in the picture. This is crazy because this is the second person in a row that we've had that were baseball dominant. Des, Desmond Bain was a baseball dominant player, too, growing up, and he really? made the change. So I'm wondering when it was it for you that you were like, all right, I kind of want to when, when did you make the switch and decide to go full time basketball and, and go that route and leave baseball behind? Um, that was my sophomore year. I got hurt uh, playing baseball and I missed out on the whole summer of basketball. And I was fuming like during watching guys. That's when you know guys are getting ranked that summer. Yeah. That's a big yeah. summer. So I'm over here like, man, like I'm over here low on the rankings. I missed out on the whole summer because then, and that just, just built that fire. And I just missed it, you know, and I transferred schools. I went to Brewster Academy after that. And, and then that's when, you know, I went from three college offers to 26 in my first year. And after that, and that was it. You know, I got some offers to, that coaches say I could do both if I wanted to, but I was so stuck on, you know, playing basketball. Um, but yeah, definitely believed even growing up that like baseball was a sport. Like where I am now, I thought it was going to be baseball. I don't know how good I would have been. I thought I thought I was pretty solid, but I definitely believe that baseball was the root for me. Uh, I think anything you would have done, you probably would have been good regardless the way you you work, my friend. But it turned out well for you, kid. I'm glad that you're on this side. And it's good to see you grow up into a you know all-star superstar basketball player. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, hey, Donovan, I have to uh admit something though, because I've been to Danny's uh house before. I've hung out with him multiple times. He's never brought up baseball. I'd never walk in his crib watching, seeing him watch baseball as somebody who's grew up loving the sport of baseball. Can you give Danny the elevator pitch to either become a major league baseball fan or a Mets fan? I know there's some rule changes. He might find yeah. it more entertaining this time around. I didn't know there's one fan rule, of change. rule changes though. You're not. Okay. <laughs> oh, interesting. Not a fan, but go ahead, Dan. What was your? What you I said I noticed one rule change that helped the game be better for me when we went to the game the other day. We went to see yeah. the Seattle Mariners play the Guardians, and the the pitching the shot the shot clock for the pitcher's mound made the game faster. <laughs> the pitch clock. The pitch yeah, clock. The pitch there you clock. go. The pitch clock. <laughs> that ain't made it. it like okay, yo, it. we we moving faster now. We got something. You saying what's going on? That ain't a lot of times it like like watching paint dry. But go ahead. What, what rule changes happen that you don't? <laughs> wait, like wait, wait. Why you against? Why you against the pitch clock? Because I just feel like. As a, I was a pitcher, so like a lot of baseball is mental. A lot of it is like the mental battle. You know what I mean? Like you throw a pitch. All right, is he late? Is he early? Did I finish? You know, did I finish over? Like am I like you know? I'm still. It's like you're thinking. You know, and I feel like the pitch clock is just rushing. It's just like all right, like all right, go go go. Just because we're trying to build that excitement, which I get. You know, and there's a happy medium. There's a balance. But you look at some of the older guys, you know, Matt Kirchner has talked about it, like he struggles because it's like a whole mental, every pitch is methodical. You know, this mm -hmm. isn't like basketball or like football where you do the hurt. Like, there's not, like it's just like, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where every pitch is, is you gotta important. You got to be locked you know, in. Yeah. You got to be locked in. I feel like. But it also rushes who, the batter too, does it not? It rushes the it, batter as well. It does. It does. But I think it hurts the pitcher more so than the batter. Because the batter, sure. like at the end of the day, like, you know, you have batting practice. So you're used to kind of getting in there swinging and whatnot, but it's it's the pitcher. And then the two pickoff attempts, you only get two per at bat. Yeah, that's, so basically yeah, that's if tough. I get two, you get a free stolen base. Like that's a whole nother mental part of the game that guys don't even think about. And the bases are bigger, so they're incentivized to stealing, which I, like I said, I get it. You know, you want to be able to see it uh, run scored. You want to see the offensive production. But, you know, as a 
former as a former pitcher and someone who likes to just sit there and watch how players think the game and what they're thinking, you know, I'm not a big fan of the uh, of the pitch clock. Yeah, no, I understand. I get it fully, man. You come from a pitcher's perspective. That's like me saying because I played football, a quarterback seeing a quarterback having to throw extra possessions or move faster. Mm-hmm. It definitely is a disadvantage for him. So I get mm-hmm. that point of it, but it, it makes the game a little bit faster. And I think the fans, it's better for the fans, but less exciting for the pitchers. And you'll probably have to rotate it out a little bit more now that the arms get the arms getting worked out a lot. And said also the thought process is kind of rushing mm-hmm. them. But it is making the game a little more entertaining uh, for me for as a fan. Yeah, we are seeing an uptick in offense, more stolen bases uh, to start the season. So uh, interesting MLB season on the way. And Donovan, I feel like as 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 well as we've gotten along during this podcast, I really feel like we're on ends. I told you already that I have to root for the Knicks, and I'm <laughs> born and raised as a Yankee fan. So uh, right. we are on the opposite Yankee. sides here, yeah. my friend. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. The Yankee fan uh, yeah. hurts me. The Yankee part of it, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, uh, fun, well, the part of the reason was 1996, my dad asked me if I wanted to go to school or if I wanted to go to the ticker tape parade for the Yankees. Uh, mm. I'll miss school Understood. and I'll go to the ticker tape parade. Understood. So uh, pretty much ever since then, I've been signed, sealed, and delivered. But uh, actually, one thing that we do see on the same page, it looks as if you have an admiration for stand-up comedy. I love yeah. stand-up comedy, and it uh, looks like you put on an event called the Dons of Comedy Show. Uh, I have two questions as it pertains to that. One, can you just describe what the experience was like? And then two, as somebody who loves comedy, there had to have been one moment during this season where the whole locker room was on the floor laughing, crying. I want to know yeah. <laughs> what that is. Obviously, if it's not uh, for for listening or viewing purposes because of the audience, then you can give us the PG rated uh, version, but I would love to hear uh, what that was and just about the event in general. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I love stand-up comedy. Um, I get treatment almost every night and I pretty much, if the game's not on enough, that's pretty much what I watch um, from Kevin Hart to Dave Chappelle. Um, you know, there's, there's Cat, so Williams? Cat Williams, Cat Williams. I was about to say Cat Williams. <laughs> Um, there's Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, D.L. Hughley. Like, I can go Bernie Mac. The Kings of Comedy, yeah. Like, I can go down the, the line. And there's a new guy out of New York. His name is Ian Larvin. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's he's pretty funny. Um, got to give him a shout out. But, you know, for me, I, I grew up watching, I don't know if you guys remember this, Gigi, I don't, I don't want to say you're old, but you might have been in the league when Jack did his Jackson, yes, Jack's yes, All-Star yes, yes. Comedy Show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that yeah. was my... Actually, that was crazy my, enough, sorry to interrupt, he did it here in Cleveland. So his really? he had brought a thing in my, my rookie year. He brought Kevin Hart to Cleveland. And I think it was him and Braun, but Shaq did it. He hosted, I think that was start kickstarted. Oh, his yeah. Yeah. Comedy, but they brought Kevin Hart to Cleveland and he did one of his stand-ups, which is on DVD. And that's when it and that's when DVD, I had the loop earrings. Oh, back way back. Yeah, DVD, way back. Yeah. Back. So it's crazy. <laughs> but my bad. Uh, so continue. Go nah, ahead. You're good. You're good. Uh that was so like that was my first like athletes and stand-up comedy like kind of coming together you know like i never forget that lineup um the first one i saw was there in phoenix it was cedric who was hosting you had tommy davidson come out d ray davis Aries spears and kevin hart and that was funny like it was funny they as killed it yeah they killed and, it yeah, i was like you know i'm like i'm going back to utah like obviously like there's different things you can do at all-star weekend and you know, I never heard of what was happening on I think it was Thursday we did it. I was like, you know, let's try a comedy show on Thursday. And we gave back, gave all the pro sorry, I'm throwing this little thing around. We gave all the proceeds to um, a school I've done a lot of work with out there called Kurtz High School. I didn't do it for I didn't want to do it for any 
any money or any, anything about monetary wise. I just wanted, you know, just to be able to bring, bring guys together on a weekend and have laugh and do it for a school that, you know, I've always shown love to and I, and I appreciate, you know, 100%, you know, one of the most diverse schools in Utah. Um, it was special. My mom, you know, took put on the whole event and give a big shout out to everybody involved. Chris Spencer, Tiffany Haddish, Earthquake, D. Ray Davis. You know, they were phenomenal. They killed it. Uh, I'm looking to do it, you know, hopefully every year. Um, you know, I'm looking to continue to build upon it. So it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of things that go into putting on a comedy show that I didn't realize. Um, but I'm glad that we got it done. I'm glad that they were a part of it. I'm, I'm super grateful for them and for my mom, um, you know, as as well. That's dope, man. That's dope. Especially that the proceeds went back to a school. Mm. But be able to get so people love to laugh, man. Comedy shows, right. who doesn't love a good comedy show? So especially when you're in a city where, you know, there may not be as many events going on like Utah right. or Cleveland, unless they bring all-star there. But when you have the middle season or in the winter or something like that, and you have a comedy show, people, you and your teammates can all go to. Um, I think that that's a good thing. Um, but I think for me, the season, I don't know if you have one, but for me, it's a come full circle moment is when um, I said, we talked to Des about it today. I came, I left Memphis to come here and we talked about the, the little scrap, uh, which was the, <laughs> the comedy moment for me. But I don't know if you guys had one during the year that might've been the co comedic moment for the group in the locker room um, between, it could have been between coaches. It could have been between um, the players. Was there any moment that, you know, really hit home or something that event that happened or a road trip or something that was going on that you guys really enjoyed or was cracking up about? Um, I can't pick one thing. You know, I think um, I'll speak to guys laughing at me. That's the one thing I, I you were there for this when I missed the free throw in Brooklyn. <laughs> And the putback, um, and I, I saved, Free I saved and put back. like, damn, Don. Yeah. And they were like, what happened? I was like, fam, I don't even know. Like, it just, it went right, wide right. Um, we had a good laugh about that one. Um, you know, who's, who really brings the joy, like, if our locker room is Jetty Hoffman. Jetty comes yeah. in on a day-to-day -day basis, different rap songs every day, um, <laughs> cracking us up. You know, I think that's something that really doesn't go, uh, yeah, he's Doesn't reading rap songs as the song is going on. He's reading he's the, rapping, the lyrics. He's on. rapping as, as on the plane starts rapping. It might be it Cardi be B or something, too. It might be Megan Stein. You don't yeah, know who yeah. it is going to be. And he might be it's rapping some Cali rapper. rapper and like, what the hell? Is that the song of the day? I'm like, Jetty's going off. Funny as Jetty hell. Is, Jetty, is, Jetty is a comedian, man. I can't really think of, I can't really think of one that's like um, kind of got messed up. I think when he had 30, that noticed. Was yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you noticed, but I think Jetty might have a hearing problem because I don't think he can hear himself. The way he talks, oh he talks, <laughs> he talks so loud. Loud as hell. So, DJ, what's up, fam? And it's like, bro, I'm right, <laughs> Jetty, I'm right, I'm right here, bro. <laughs> what's up, dude? Loud but he's as always hell. you can hear Jetty from everywhere. I mean, he's always rapping lyrics. He's funny. He's messing with the staff. But yeah, we have a good time, man. It's a, it's a good group, and they they all enjoy each other's company. So it's fun to be around. But that's dope, man. As you do a comedy show. I'm looking forward to hopefully being a part of or being able to attend the next one that you do. Um, but I think that that might be that might be all for today, huh, H? Nah, that the almost there, almost there. They got a couple okay. ones, uh, real quick. Uh, so Donovan, you've been hooping, and it looks at, and again, this has been one of your best years, if not your best year. It looks like you got, man, probably at least ten more years if you want it. Uh, but I actually brought this question up Golly. to Des. Danny doesn't have ten more years, that's for sure. Um, by that time, by the time you're, you know, playing in another playoff series, more than likely. You'll see Danny on air somewhere. As of right now, he has mm -hmm. an ESPN contract. I'm curious if you end up having a bad game, which is fair. It happens <laughs> to everybody. Uh, 
What do you expect to hear from Danny when he gets in front of a microphone? How 100 can he be? I expect Danny to tell me that I play like shit. And I expect <laughs> Danny to tell me, not only tell me that on the phone, but also say that in person. You know, I think, yeah. you know, it, it, it is what it is. You know, I think, you know, there's, especially if I deserve the, the, especially if I deserve it, you know, if I'm not playing up to my par um, in whatever season this is when you're out there. Cause you know, like I said, like Danny and I know, like I asked him all the time, like, hey, bro, what you think? Like, what you see? You know, and it could be like, hey, like, you got to pick this shit up. Or it's like, no, nah, you're doing, like, you know what I mean? But I'm I'm, I'm a guy that's, you know, I like to be held accountable. You know what He's I mean? He's the and, rare superstar that that's humble enough to ask and hold himself accountable and not you know, be okay with taking a criticism. You know, there's not a lot of guys out there that are, sens- that are sensitive and not able to take the criticism. He's one of the very few coming from New York. And, you know, having, you know, some coaches, you know, Tino and being at Louisville, mm-hmm. uh, being at different different places and, and be able to hold them, said, even in Utah, I'm sure they held them accountable, but be able to accept it and also take the criticism in good stride and not be sensitive to it. He's one of the very few ones. So, you know, that's one of the things I do appreciate about him. You know, he's not one of those guys that's like, you know, you need to be here. He's like, all right, let me find the compromise. Let me see what I'm doing wrong. And, you know, we can figure this out. Um, so that's right. what makes it a lot easier for us to play with him. And I'm sure it's a it makes it easier for him to, to be himself on, on the court too, and us to be able to help him, you know, make the game easier for him. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I love to hear that. Obviously, I think Danny, your, your your original stint with the San Antonio Spurs, playing with Tim Duncan, uh, maybe thinks you makes you think about oh, that yeah, often. Yeah, they spoiled me there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Don is Don right, is uh, one of the, he's one of the good ones. He's definitely one of the good ones that spoiled. Speaking of baseball, I don't mean to change the subject too much, H, but um, this just brought back to my my mind. Uh, that you played when you were younger. Sure, I was. Yeah, sure. So what? What made you? What made you choose basketball over baseball? Well, how good were you? What made you choose? And when did you decide to to let go of baseball? Baseball, baseball is my best sport. I mean, I played baseball, football, and basketball. And um, by the time I chose to play just basketball, that's probably what I was worst at. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I had just been playing baseball, like. 120 games a summer, you know, ever since I was eight, nine years old or whatever. So it was you were just, a hitter? I was, I, I did a little bit of everything. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I did a okay. bit hey, bro, you probably, that's where the money's at, bro. You probably should have stuck with that, honestly. <laughs> but nah, so I, I did a little bit of everything and then I got to high school and I was just kind of burnt out on it. And basketball just kind of has the swag, the culture. You know, the, you know, you going to the park, like that's what I started. I started with just going to the park. Like I'm always playing outside and like everybody meeting up at this spot called Clear Creek where I was from. So like my love for the game just continued to grow. And I was like, man, I want to play AU basketball. And I was like, okay, I'm playing AU basketball. I'm done with baseball. And my high school, I went to high school with like 80 kids in the high school, graduating class of 20 kids. Um, so it was hard to field a baseball team. So the coach comes up to me and is like, yo, like, I know you played in the past. You're good. Like, we need you. And I'm like, all right, I'll play. But I'm not going to, like, sacrifice my AAU weekends for the baseball yeah. tournament. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to miss my baseball game. So, you know, first two weeks, we don't have no weekend games. Everything's going cool. I'm batting third. You know what I'm saying? Playing center field, whatever pitching a little bit and uh we have a double header on the weekend and I'm like yo I'm missing the game yada 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 all right blah blah so then we have a game on Tuesday 
I don't play like the first five innings of the game. I come in, have like one at bat, whatever, play the four innings, boom, weekend comes again. Oh, I can't make it. I got an AU tournament. Oh, you let your teammates down, <laughs> all that stuff. So I was like, all right, man, I'm, I'm cool. Like I told you what it was, like, and that was just that was that. And my high school didn't have a football team. Like I said, it was hard to fill a baseball team, so we didn't have we damn sure couldn't have a football team. So it's almost like I just basketball took over. That's how it was for me when I transferred schools. We didn't have a football team. Um, and I was basketball, football mostly. What position did you play in football? Wide receiver, really. Okay. Wide receiver. When I was young, I played quarterback and running back. But wide yes. Yeah, I was a QB, and I had to make the decision. But it, it was easier once that one went to a school, a Catholic school, that didn't have football team. So I was like, all right, yeah. it's not going to tug me to go play. I'm not going to like feel like I miss it as much if it's not right there in front of me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, that's interesting, bro. Is that one of the reasons why you were – wasn't recruited so heavily or so highly through basketball think, when you were coming out? I think because of my school size. I mean, because okay. my junior year of high school, I averaged 27 a game. My senior year, I was 30. So it's not like I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, putting up numbers. It was just, Yeah. You were smaller then. Yeah. Yeah, I was small. I was, I was, I was probably like 6'3", and I was, but I was the tallest player on the floor. Like, I, played, <laughs> I was playing in the middle of the 2-3 zone, and I was <laughs> on offense. So it's like – like what is it? And you you know my arms. Yeah, so. play the, play yeah. in the middle of two three and six three. That's kind of crazy, bro. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's just like is this dude a big? Is he a guard? Like I wasn't shooting threes because I like I said I was the tallest player on the floor. So I'm just running to the rim. Like I'm getting the rebound, <laughs> running to the rim. And if I miss it, I'm getting the offensive rebound and putting it back. <laughs> so, what made you I, choose my... TCU? Go sorry, age. What made you choose TCU? I just like my my senior year, I started getting a bunch of steam because I played in this tournament called the Bob Weddick tournament. It was like the biggest high school tournament in Indiana. And I won most valuable player. So like I finally did it against real competition. Like so everybody was like, okay, this kid might be for real. Started getting some mid-major offers. Purdue started tugging on me a little bit. So I was like, do I hold out for the school that I've been, you know, dreaming of going to since I was a kid? Like, and so I'm holding out, holding out. And I ended up playing AAU as a senior because they wanted to see me play like on the circuit. It was like, yeah, you did it one tournament. We want to see you on the circuit. So I'm playing on a circuit. I'm killing, getting mid-major offers left and right. Like literally pick up a phone, offer five more minutes, pick up a phone, offer. But it's like Winthrop. Furman, yeah, right, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, just, yeah. so I just where's my school waiting on my school? Yeah, where's like, that? That's not, not what I'm playing for. So, like, what was I, your dream school? What'd you say? What was the dream school you're waiting for? Indiana or Purdue, either okay. one. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like, you grow up in Indiana, you wear the candy stripes, you play for Purdue. That was pretty much it. But the two weeks go by, and and uh, my grandma and grandpa, they were tired of it. Like, they were like, man, just commit. The school that I was going to go to in Miami, Ohio, it was like 20 minutes away from the crib, so I'd still be able to come home for dinners and yada, yada, yada. So I'm for a crazy story. I'm pulling into my driveway, and I'm ready to go inside and commit to Miami, Ohio. Like, I just had a heart-to-heart with one of my homeboys. Like, I'm done. I'm ready. This is like May. Like, so I got a month until I'm graduating yeah. high school at the very end. And um, 
I get a call from my AU coach and he's like, TCU been trying to get a hold of you. And I was like, I ain't got no missed calls. Send me, <laughs> I said, send me their number. So he sends me their number. I call him, the coach, and like, yo, it's Desmond Bain. Like, I heard y'all been trying to get a hold of me. He's like, yeah, we want to get you down here for an official visit. Jalen Fisher just committed. Jamie Dixon just got the new head coaching job. I was like, I'm coming this weekend. So I go to <laughs> visit. And if you know anything about Jamie Dixon, he's just a different cat in general. So like yeah. the whole visit was just kind of weird. Like I didn't know if he liked me, if he didn't. I left the visit not knowing if I had an offer. Like I texted. Did he come from Pitt? Yeah, straight yeah. from he recruited me when when he was at Pitt when I was when I was younger. So yeah, I know he's could be a little he is a little different. Yeah, but sure. yeah. So, <laughs> so you left yeah. not know in limbo, not knowing what was happening, if they really exactly. wanted you or not. Exactly. So long story short, I end up, you know, committing there like a week before I graduated high school. It was down there two days after I graduated. So everything was happening so fast. And I got yeah. down and hated that shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man nah, it's it's dope that you've been able to you know rise from that tournament and really go up into what you've done now with looking like uh you're looking like you're gonna be a career at least 20 point per game score uh and obviously that's all-star career, kid you're gonna be all-star bro that's should be should like. be that's one. what it's looking like yeah uh, the interest well the, the thing that i i am gonna find interesting because i think you at least have another 10 years minimum if you wanted to in you Danny does not have 10 left. He will still play, but doesn't have 10, but he will be transitioning to the media side of things. And so as you're continuing to glow up and having big time performances and big time games, you might see Danny on TV somewhere talking about you. I am curious, my friend, when you have a bad game, a poor game, (laughs) how real can one Danny Green get on the microphone? Oh, you keep it a hundred. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's part of the game. You know what I'm saying? There's you're gonna have your good games, you're gonna have your bad games, and all in between. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's it's not like you're going on there lying, saying that I played bad when I really played good. Like if I yeah. played and I played bad, I ain't tripping. It, I think he'd probably be your first teammate, right? I, if I'm, I'm trying to think of your history of teammates, he's probably gonna be your first teammate that you'll see commenting on air somewhere. Bro, yeah. he was he was commenting on air this year. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sitting there in the room, we're on the road. He's in the ESPN studio, like yo. Yeah, I was at half court with with uh Brendan with uh oh no, what's his name? Brendan Knight. So I'm over there with with, with yeah. them on the sideline. They in the, in the game looking like is Danny on the sideline talking on the, on the TV? <laughs> hey, bro, what you doing? Yeah, and he called me into the truck, bro. I'm gonna talk yeah. the game a little bit, but I yeah. I got to keep it a buck, man. So forewarning, I'm, when it happens, you already know how it's going to be, but I'm not attacking anybody. I'm not going to be like, right. you know, Chuck yeah. and Shaq and those guys. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm, you know, JJ's a good – he'll tell guys when they do you know, right or wrong, but he's going to still back the players always. That's always going to be me. Yeah. Uh, Perk sometimes, you know, can go on a whim here and there and talk some, talk some shit a little bit, but he keeps it real, keeps it 100. Some guys take it, you know, sensitively, but I don't think you guys are that group that take it to heart or take it sensitively. Um, so, yeah, they'll, they'll take it in good stride, H. Um, but we do so DB, he's got all these interesting antics. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be curious to hear, you know what I'm saying, your takes on that. Yes, but I, I would <laughs> love to. I know he doesn't do podcasts, but as much as he does antics with the media and stuff, he might yeah. as well. It'd be yeah. interesting. I wouldn't doubt it when he's done, he'll probably get one. But yeah, I mean, excuse sure. me, 
but one day I'm gonna try, we'll try to get him on the pod to, you know, to talk, you know, his side of everything that has so many things have transpired with him um, to get his perspective on a lot of things that have happened in the media and how the perspective of him in the media, which is not entirely who he is, but it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys, uh, you know, play out the rest of their careers. Danny, actually that, that that I'm thankful that you brought back up uh, Dilla Brooks because uh, you were his teammate when uh, him and Donovan Mitchell got into a little situation (laughs) Now yeah, you're Donovan. <laughs> now you're Donovan Mitchell's teammate. Yes. The floor. The floor is yours. Now. Now you got both That's, sides of the story, huh? Yes. Yes. That was as, funny as a, because as a true reporter, they were. They were like they. That was one of the first things we discussed when I got here. But they didn't realize that I was here. They were like, well, you were here for that? I was like, yeah, I was right there, of course. I, I saw the whole thing. I had my popcorn. I watched. I didn't get up. I just watched it. Yeah. So that security guy got messed up. You know, Kevin <laughs> broke his ribs. So y'all messed him up. He's like, man. He's like, that's just kind of crazy, man. He's like, you know, Don was like, you know, he's about to get his, you know, he's talking to he's about to get his ass whooped. Bro. Like, I'm a nice guy. What happened? Why is he always doing some? He's like, bro. And I was like, yo, he's really not that type of dude on the court. He's like that. He's like, yo, really not. I hate playing against that guy. He was actually having a good game against, you know, Don's, they're all nice guys here. Yeah. They don't have no ad, but they're like, yo, bro, what's up with him? Why is he always acting like a fucking idiot? Like, why is he always ready? Rip, I was ready with his ass. And he's like, he's like, I don't know why they're trying to spin me. I'm one of the nice guys in the world. They hit me the nuts. I was like, yeah, I saw it too. He said earlier in the game, I think he got hit in the groin area before. And I think that kind of led up to that. And DB was the icing on the cake. And then he was like, God damn it, that's it. And he just threw, threw the ball. I was like, oh, man. But I, yeah, we had that. We had a discussion about it here when I first got here. It was, it was kind of funny, man. Did you see mine with Kevin Love, bro? No, I did not. I did not. Did you I see gotta, it? Oh, I didn't. Now, now we now now I gotta pull it up. Now we gotta look it up. Now, now we happened, gotta look it up. What transpired with that one? What happened? Yeah, with that tell one? the story. And I'm I'm looking at the video now. It's crazy, bro, because I was catching heat like DB was. Like I was <laughs> trying to square this dude right in his shit, but like I'm they're blitzing me, so I'm I'm frustrated. Oh, the nut check, the nut yeah. check. Yeah, yeah, by accidental nut check in Miami. I'm like, I saw accident. the play. Accident. Oh, accident. I oh. Accident. <laughs> he fell like, oh, I'm like, bro, what? I'm, I'm like, you got ejected. No, did you get ejected for yes, that? I got thrown out of the game, bro. <laughs> I'm if like, they, bro, that's the slow mo looks terrible. If they have that's ridiculous, though. That's ridiculous, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I got to come up the screen. You, like, you guys right, grab that, your yeah. bump and you catch your hand. Can we, get, and... can we get the play by play, Des? Give us the play by play. Only way I don't catch him in the nuts is if I put my arm behind my back. Like, I'm. He, he bumped me, so I'm trying to sell the foul. Like, I, you know, he hit me like, bro. Yeah. And my arm was underneath his leg. So it was, just like, it, was it was bad. And originally, bro. I turned around. I'm looking at, uh, pretty sure it was Mark Davis. I thought the foul was on him. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you hit him in the nuts. And I turn around and look back, and bro's on the ground like, <laughs> All types of pain. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. bro, to get thrown out is wild, though. I, I understand flagrant one, maybe to be like, because yeah. you know, the, the stuff they review, but it said it's totally accidental, which is crazy. You don't have a history of doing anything dirty, but that's 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 yeah. where our league is now. I said, I wish some of the things were more consistent and would change, like be a, uh, tightened up or adjusted, but you know, it is what it is. And I think each year they review it and look at it and they try to make the adjustments, but. You know, the league is it's a little different place than what it was back in, you know, the 90s and early 2000s. 
Yeah, Des, uh, this this has been good, man. I don't, I, mean, I think we're, I think we've gotten some stories. Got some gracious, some, man. We got, we got some insights into potential playoff series. Oh, did we get the three keys? For we the, did not, for, for the Lakers series. Uh, uh, this is it. Lakers series. This one that we're predicting is probably going to happen. <laughs>